Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, where we talk about the Doom Patrol in whatever form we get Doom Patrol. If it's liquid, gas, um, solid, we get it in TV show form at the moment. So, uh, is that a liquid or a solid? I, I think it's a... Um, I don't know what it is. It's an electronic. Electronic Doom Patrol delivery mechanisms yeah. are the way of the future. I mean, yeah, we, previously we've had Doom Patrol in paper. We've had it electronically from paper, you know, digital copies of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly now it's TV, which is also electronic, but um, it's not. It's 2D. It's not really 3D, unless no. you go 3D TV, but it's not broadcasted. Mike, get me out of this. <laughs> I will say it is also a solid because it's solid entertainment. <laughs> oh. Yes. Anyway, hello. Yes, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. Uh, you can find both of us at WaitingForDoom.com. You can reach us at WaitingForDoom at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify and Podbean.com. Yes, and I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. I haven't said that before, have I? Um, and you can also discuss the things things of interest with the Sentient Show Twitter account, which is Wilfred at WFD Pod. Hi, Wilfred. And today we are well, we're wrapping up season three of the Doom Patrol TV show. Can mm. you believe it? I can't believe it. I can believe it. Oh well, <laughs> I, I if I think about it, I can believe it. I'm no. Anyway, it's still pretty <laughs> surprising that you know. We have a Doom Patrol TV show at all. It is. You know, and they've just wrapped their third season. Yeah. So it's believable and yet not believable at the same time. What even is this life that we live? Why have they not been discussed on Ripley's Believe It or Not? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people (laughs) don't believe in uh, Ripley. uh, Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that why you started that show? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm going for some sort of meta-human, mm. meta-humor, not meta Ah, meta-humor. Why yeah. haven't DC done a meta-humor comic book? Uh, no, why, why aren't there more funny funny books these days? Why aren't there Doom Patrol comics, Mike? Let's, uh, that, old, to the, that old chestnut, mm. out straight to the heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, Mike, Mike, let's talk about what you've been enjoying. What have you been in, filling your life with lately that is enjoyable? That's enjoyable. Oh, I meant uh, comics and stuff, and but you oh, can talk. Right. I didn't want you to talk about how much you hate work and stuff. Okay, all right. Um, I've not read a comic in a couple of weeks, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Because of weird shipment issues uh, with comics getting over here, I've got kind hey, of... Hey, 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 hey. Mm-hmm. Don't you have comics that you own that you haven't read? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. But now I've got an old shipment has just turned up with oh. issues that came in that are numbered before the issues I haven't read. So I'm what? waiting to get all those. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, a shipment went missing. Oh, so, okay. Uh, like, for example, I've got issue two of the Warhammer 40,000 Sisters of Battle comic. I was very excited to know that was even a thing. But I haven't got issue one yet. <laughs> so I'm waiting till I get issue one before I read that. So I believe late this weekend coming, I will have a crap ton of reading to get caught up on. So that's cool. Oh. Um, I believe um, Sisters of Battle are doing it for themselves, I hear. Mm. Do you now? <laughs> it's 
standing on their own two feet. Right, right, okay, okay. You know, if we hadn't been struck down with, you know, copyright infringement for playing music on one of our shows in the past, I'd be editing that song in right about now, but... What song are you talking about? Never mind. Um, I've also been catching up with some mates and having some miniature war game fun, so that's been cool fun. But in terms of actually consuming superhero-related content, other than the Doom Patrol, I've discovered The Tick show on Amazon Plus, Amazon Prime, whatever the Amazon streaming service is called. With I believe it's called Prime. Yes. Uh, with Peter Sarah Fenewicks, I think I'm saying that right, as The Tick. And oh, okay, yes. good lord, it's good fun. I'm only three eps in, but they've expanded. I, I, I'm, I was never a massive Tick fan. Like, I've only got one trade of, of the Tick issues from back in the day. But the backstory they've given Arthur, who be- ends up becoming the Moth, his trusty sidekick, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. is really cool. Jackie Earl Healy plays a villain called the Terror in it. He He's fantastic as that. And Peter himself as, you know, this big blustery... Blue Tick is hilarious. He's just, he does it so well. So I'm really enjoying that. So, yeah, what about you, Paul? What fun stuff have you been up to? Um, I, well, I read a comic called Knighted, which is oh. from AWA, which seems to be the only company I'm talking about lately. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did that ETER a yes. few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yes, but this is a comic by Greg Hurwitz with art by Mark Tixiera. And Brian Reba, and I was reading it, and I was, I was quite enjoying it. And I was going, this reminds me of something, so I'll, I'll tell you what it's about. It's um, basically a world where there's you know quite a lot of superheroes and supervillains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a guy who's a bit of a loser. He proposes to his um, girlfriend, who's the daughter of the police commissioner, and uh, she says no in front of everyone in a restaurant. Oh, no. As people are about to cheer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and then he's uh, wandering the streets, and he finds... Uh, he finds a rope hanging attached to a side of a building, and he detaches it and causes a superhero called the Knight to fall to his death. Oh. Because uh, he was using the rope to um, tether himself while he dangled and perved on women in a building uh, in a <laughs> right, various yeah. stages of undress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets uh, basically picks up the body, and then a vehicle shows up, like a nightmobile, and, and shoves him inside, and then he gets driven to the Knight Cave and meets... Uh, a butler. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. yep. Um, and he gets told... Uh, the butler's highly relieved that the knight is dead because he was a real asshole. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but this guy has to become the new knight. And right. I was going, this reminds me of something. What do you think it reminds me of? Um, something Batman-related, maybe? Maybe? Yes, that's that's the obvious thing. But you know yeah. what else I thought? What? This is... It's the Santa Claus. Oh my god, it is too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So it's the Santa Claus meets superheroes. It's Batman. Yeah, it's yeah. Batman. I mean, the the high concept is what if a loser became the coolest superhero ever you mm, know, by mm. default and sort of. Um, but yeah, but I was like, this is the Santa Claus. And, oh you know, but it was funny because I'd read it and it was just tickling my brain, going, "What is this? I've, this is familiar." Anyway. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. It was a very good comic, and cool. um, it, uh, five issues. I read the first one, and I think I will stick with it, so I can read the second one. Nice. Whereas he, he acts, at, you know, I believe he will actually start being the knight. Okay. Being, hmm. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well done. Hmm. Now, space managing. I don't think there's any doom news. Okay. Have you got any? I've got nothing. No. Um, no, I've got nothing. 
There's nothing coming out. There's no new comic on the way. No. You know, there's nothing. No. So, the show's um, ended. Yeah, for the now. show's for now. Yeah, it'll be yeah. back next year with season four. Mm. That's as good as it's going to get, really. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so, I guess we talk about that ticking that I've been hearing for the last uh, 14 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's an editing challenge right there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that can only be the Doom Clock. So uh, let's go check that out. Okay, Paul. Uh, here we go. Uh, the Doom Clock is telling us that it has just been on 71 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue 7 of Doom Patrol, Way to the Worlds, which we discussed all the way back in episode 161, from July of 2020, which seems odd, seeing this is episode 170, but it's yeah. kind of like short numbering, but long distance, but that, you know, time seems weird in this pandemic era in which we live. So, time is wonky. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, getting it's been, what, a, a year and a bit since we've had anything, so DC, if you're listening in, give the fans what they want, you know. Mm-hmm. Still surprised that there's been no synergy with the TV show, but, you know. Yeah. No multimedia cross-synergy promotional yeah. energy yeah. magic. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can yes. tell I'm, you can tell I'm a mogul. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, are you ready to play the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game? Is this one of the questions? No. Oh, good. Yes, I am. Well, that's a shame, because unfortunately, my research shows me that nothing Doom Patrol-related came out this week in Doom Patrol oh. history. So, okay. I thought, should I be, should I play a prank and roll the die and still make you do all the guesses? And I thought, no, I'm not that cruel. You know, it's mm. you get to the very end and say, yeah, there was nothing. Wow, so, really? Yeah. Re- really? Look, I, I checked and double-checked and triple-checked. I could not find a damn thing. The closest thing I could find, uh, there's a couple of things later in November, uh, one of those being, you know, one of your personal favourites, Doom Patrol Annual 2, being the uh, Doom Patrol involvement in the Children's Crusade crossover, oh, yes. uh, yeah, that was, good lord, that, mm. I still have nightmares about that one, um, but that came out like November 30th, so it's too mm. early, wasn't going to jump ahead. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, well, I mean, do you want to, shall we do Doom Patrol Bingo in this segment, just to flesh it out a bit? So if, if you've got Doom Patrol Bingo updates, have I at do, it. Well, are they, well, they're kind of spoilers. Maybe. Uh, let's do it, now. do it, go for it. Go for All right, it. okay, okay, so there were two bingos that we were able to mark off from watching the last two episodes mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. um, one of them... Yeah, these are both spoilers, so if you are spoiler-reverse at this point, look at the show notes and skip ahead to the next bit, which you can't listen to anyway because of spoilers. <laughs> I was going to so. say, <laughs> switch off now, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Come back for the uh, question of the week. Yeah. Come yeah. Back. We'll talk to you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we got two. Uh, one was uh, obvious, and that was Imbig and Rita. Oh, finally. yes. Finally. 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 How magnificent yep. was that? Yes. And the other one took me. Uh, it took me a few minutes to spot, but it was Cliff in a new body. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, he's in Rog. Yes, yes, he Rog the, the robot. Yes. Oh my god. Rog. I don't Rog. know. Rog. Rog. Could Rog. Be Rog. Yeah, I, I go with Rog personally, but Rog, Rog. Rog. You roll with Rog. Yeah, uh, I Rog yeah. and roll. Yeah. 
<laughs> Rock and roll. Oh, we're peaked. This is we're, the high point of the show right here. Yeah. We're pin in it. Everything else is going down. Yep. And going down <laughs> and downhill. <laughs> Lower. <laughs> going down and downhill. Sorry. <laughs> Shall we skip ahead and just start uh, talking about the TV Well, episodes? no, there, there, there's one more bingo. I want oh, to I apologise. Because I, I, I feel like, I mean, strictly speaking, we have um, the Brotherhood of Data on the bingo card. Mm. And... I think I think we should mark that off. It's just been gender swapped, but it's the same thing, basically. Yeah, it's never yeah. it, it's never not going to happen any other way than this. So. Yeah, no, they yeah. they yeah, it's yeah. it's done. Stick yeah. So I mean, it, I'm marking it off. Okay, cool. okay. So cool. that's three bingos. None of them finished the line, but okay. we did fill out. Like we got our first bingo on one of the cards. So um, go to waitingfordoom.com and check it out, unless you don't want to. <laughs> you can't be fairer than that. <laughs> no. Do it, you lazy people. Wow. If you want. <laughs> I won't judge you if you don't, but... Yeah. We have no control over you. What am I, Nice caller? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Good. <sighs> Good stuff. Yep. Classic flanger um, and garves. Yeah. What's that absence of ticking? Um, <laughs> play, a, play a promo, Mike. Let's I will. Let's get out of this. Okay. <laughs> I'm Mike Gillis. And I'm Casey Doran. And we want to ask you an important question. Are you sick and tired of other panel discussion shows wasting your time droning on and on about foreign policy, economics, and human rights? Or do you want to hear conversations about things that actually matter? We host a podcast called Radio vs. the Martians. Every month we gather a panel of our nation's finest minds and plunge a rusty prison shank into the heart of tough questions that have an impact on the lives of real people like you. Like, are drivers required to pull over for the Ghostbusters? Is the United Federation of Planets actually an oppressive dictatorship run by guidance counselors? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger secretly a genius? And are we being mean when we laugh at movies that are so bad they're good? So write your congressman and let them know that Radio vs. the Martians is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and on RadioVsTheMartians.com. And now it's time for Doom Splatting, where we talk in depth about the new Doom Patrol hotness, this time being episodes 9 and 10, the last two episodes of season 3. And Paul is going to kick us off with episode 9. Episode 9 was called Evil Patrol, and uh, it was it occurs after um, the flagellation has occurred, the eternal flagellation. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone is sort of reeling from the things they learned about themselves at this point. Uh, but we start off with a flashback to 1917, uh, where a few members of the Sisterhood of Data are just lounging around talking about art and pure expression and the value of that. And um, they explain it to Rita that it's not about, you know, demonstrating to the world something amazing. It's about discovering your own truth through your own expression. So mm. uh, Rita is encouraged to do her own dance, and she comes up with the dance, uh, which is "Love Me, Don't Look at Me," and that it's a, it's a, it takes off. Mm, yeah, it takes off in the sisterhood. Yeah, yeah, it's a big hit. <laughs> but uh, this is a counterpoint to the present-day confrontation by the river where Rita has cornered uh, Madame Rouge after, a, and she's hidden the time machine, and um, mm. they have a bit of a disagreement about the role of art and, you know, everything and everything they used to have and what a betrayal it was, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, and apparently the eternal flagellation has fully restored Madame Rouge's memory, 
Um, and Rita's about to take her down, and she goes, how are you going to do that? And flies off <laughs> in search of the Brotherhood of Evil, uh, even though they were defeated in the past by Niles, which is what Rita told her. Yep. Now, Larry returns to the mansion with the negative grub, um, and he's showing it to Cliff and Jane, and then they start basically berating him on about his ability to care for things and make him feel really bad. Um, and then he realises this is a nightmare, and he wakes up and uh, Keek, which is a name that slipped out in some of this dialogue. Yes. Um, yeah. They were playing Ke- Keegaboo. Keegaboo, yeah. Mm. Um, so we know that's from the, the Gerard Way comics. Um, yep. Yeah, Der- uh, Darrington, that Keeg was the name of the neg- negative spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Keeg has uh, trashed the kitchen a bit. Uh, then we cut to a very long, very dramatic scene between Vic and his dad, um, where you know Vic talks about having lost his powers, and um, his dad's remembering all the times he's been in hospital before, and uh, he tells him the truth about missing his first big varsity game, that he was detained by a security guard who made assumptions and uh, basically profiled him. Mm. Um, you know, and even though he could have overcome this man, he had to basically uh, be humiliated and submit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is fairly heavy stuff. Uh, but Vic equates this as why he built a suit of armor to protect Vic from the world. And he said, um, that was your answer, but it wasn't what I needed. And uh, he basically, you know, his dad hasn't even hugged him now that he's had all his armor removed. Um, he said, I'm going to walk the world as the man I was born to be. So, you know. A big step forward for Vic there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, then we have a scene with Kay and Jane, and uh, Kay doesn't want the personalities to return, which is a bit uh, of a big deal for Jane. Um, so Jane is wandering the underground trying to find them. Uh, <laughs> then we... This is my favourite part of the episode. <laughs> we go to Boca Raton, where <laughs> Madame Rouge finds Mala and the Brain... <laughs> and she's uh, at the intercom at the gates trying to get in and uh, you know, explains that she's Madame Rouge, she's looking for the Brotherhood of Evil, and Mala goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But then the brain overhears and invites her in. And so, yes, and... Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Vic returns to the, the manor um, and he's post-off and Cl- Cliff is fairly dismissive of his uh, changes. Uh, not very welcoming, and, you know, he says, what would uh, General Tony say? Which is pretty mean. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. and But Rita calls them all in for a team planning session. Uh, you know, TM. I love these in the Doom Patrol where they have <laughs> team planning. She's got the, you know, the butcher paper out with... Yep. Uh, <laughs> Up on the easel with all the notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not going very well, though, because uh, Kay has no powers, because all her personalities are uh, vanished at the moment. Uh, Vic has no powers because of his surgery. Um, <laughs> but uh, Larry is actually happy to see Vic as he is, and is the only person who's fairly pleased. And it's Hawaiian shirt Larry! Yes! <laughs> yes. Yeah, from Volume 6. Mm. We see Larry in the Hawaiian shirt over his bandages, which is cool. Very cool. Um, and he's got no powers, too, because he doesn't have a neg- negative spirit at the moment, <laughs> um, though he does have a negative grub. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then, back in Boca Raton, uh, we've got... I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah. Rouge is talking to... Uh, Madame Rouge is talking to the brain uh, about, you know, the success of her mission, uh, which was not very successful, because they last saw her, what, in the 20s or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. 
anyway, 49 or something, and she disappeared with the time machine and never achieved anything. Yeah. And then she uh, sort of shacked up with the Doom Patrol, who she was meant to destroy uh, because she lost her memory. And now, um, yeah, she basically uncovered her memory with the team instead of uh, destroying them as she intended. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the brain very kindly says, this sounds like... And they want to kill her now. And the brain says, this sounds more like a rouge problem than a brain problem. <laughs> yes, uh, but, um, yeah, Mala is being very um, uh, irritated by her presence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Making uh, margaritas in the kitchen and not turning down the blend. <laughs> Just ignoring her. Yes. Yep. Mm. I love it. Um Anyway, and then uh, she, he, the brain says to her, he will provide her with weapons if she can complete one mission for him successfully, because she hasn't really... She's he, she's done jack shit for the Brotherhood of Evil in the past, as he yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, in the team planning session, everything's deteriorating, and whenever everyone gets agitated, Keek sort of unleashes electricity that hurts Larry... Um, Cliff says, uh, sums up their situation and says they're two bananas short of a uh, dog shit sandwich. No, <laughs> they're two bananas short of a, a dog shit Sunday. Which, uh, <laughs> that's an image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Clara, his daughter, arrives with uh, Rory, the baby, and she's uh, she's really worried about Cliff, um, even though he's you know basically being a craphead. Um, trying to steal her credit card and stuff. You know, she cares about him and she wants him to get real proper medical help and she wants to find him a doctor. And then uh, Kay goes off with um, Vic and they have a little chat in the interview room that Niles used to do things in. Mm. And Kay says she wants to do normal things. She wants to do what the things that all her personas got to do. Um, she's finally feeling like the person she is meant to be. And Vic agrees that he is too and they've had enough of people running their lives. And then... Um, Vic agrees to interview her like the chief used to interview all her all you know personas. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Rita is wants to go after Rouge, and uh, then she becomes suspicious of Clara showing up suddenly, um, and she explains this to Cliff, and then he gets suspicious. But then they have a situation where there's two baby Rorys in the one place. So, <laughs> yes, there's one in the um, in the car seat on the table, and Clara's also carrying another one. And it turns out that one of the babies is Madame Rouge, and she attacks them. So then we have a particularly crazy baby fight with the team. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she just looked this diminutive monstrosity with a baby's body but with Michelle Gomez's face and this yeah. insane grin on it and yeah. you know her her long adult you know, hair coming out of this baby's cap and she's bouncing all around the kitchen fighting them. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, she basically wins this battle against the team and manages to teleport Cliff away um, and the team decide that they must drive to Florida to rescue him, because they know that's where uh, she went. Take him to the um, the Brain's headquarters, mm. which is actually a retirement village, not really a headquarters. Yeah. Well. Uh, Cliff awakens to find the Brain there, and uh, he reveals that he was the one who bought his schematics off eBay, um, and that the secret ingredient that made Cliff work was magic, not mm. just robotic body. Mm. Um yeah, and Madame Rouge taunts Cliff that the brain is going to steal his body, 
Um, and just as she's, um, you know, feeling very smug, uh, Mala knocks her out with a power suppressor, uh, injects her, and uh, the brain uh, is soon in Cliff's body, um, <laughs> wearing, looks like a, a tuxedo or something. Yeah. <laughs> and they put, they put uh, Rouge and Onagurney with uh, Cliff's brain in a jar, and uh, Mala goes to dispose of them. Mm. Um, on the bus, everyone is basically tired and irritated and annoyed and frustrated. Uh, at the same time, Kay is in the underground where she can hear screaming, and she goes into the tunnel and just sees all these red eyes in the dark. Um, uh, Larry reveals to everyone else that Rita locked them in to get murdered on the dance floor in Codsville. It was murder mm-hmm. on the dance floor. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and Rita says she couldn't erase her reunion with Malcolm. Um, Kay freaks out, or Jane does, and starts screaming, and that causes the bus to flip. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we see the brain begin his life of pure indulgence uh, at his um, old folks' home, dancing around with old ladies Mm. uh, to a very charming rendition of the Champs-Élysées. Yeah, and Mala is basically getting ready to push Cliff and... Madame Rouge off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a, a physical, geographical cliff, not a not not, not a cliff steel. No, no, it's a geological cliff, I believe. Right. Okay. Not a human cliff. Right. Not a robot man cliff or a brain cliff. No. <laughs> yes. What did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed it, um, even though it's so weird in that pretty much the entire team is depowered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. And Rita is sort of really coming into the role of team leader now. And she, you know, she's like, we have to go rescue Cliff. And the rest of them are like, oh, well, we're kind of useless, but sure, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so that's really cool to see. The the scene with Vic and his dad, that was really powerful stuff. Um, yeah. You know, commenting on the, the sort of thing that African-American people go through and, you know, what's happened in the world lately uh, with their experiences. Really powerful stuff there. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see real-world stuff tied into, you know, batshit crazy genre stuff like the Doom Patrol. But, you know, the comics always kind of hinted at, you know, social issues as well every now and then. So that was really cool to see. Um Bizarre mutant baby Rory, aka <laughs> disguise uh, Madame Rouge. That was just insane. That was just and the, the, seriously the insane look on her face as she's fighting them is was just really scary and creepy. Yeah, and the, the stuff with Jane and the underground. I was I was doing some reading up on this, and I saw a comment that someone said that the personas kind of vanishing and moving on might be in part with. K, so the girl, finally growing, getting a chance to grow up. And mm. part of the reason she's finally getting that chance is that ba- the baby doll persona is no longer around. Because ah. baby doll was that expression of childhood innocence. Oh, uh, yeah. And because baby doll got killed by the candle maker last season, she's yeah. no longer around. And so that might have, in a way, kicked off K's maturing. And as she's maturing, she's kind of realising that, hey, I don't really need all these other voices in my head to help me get by. 
Yeah. So that I but given what happens in the next episode, I'm not so I'm not a hundred percent I find it found that to be an interesting theory. Um but I'm not completely sold on it, but it kinda works still. So what what did you like about the app, Paul? Um I I think this is really you know I found this season to be pretty good. Like I really like the start. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff in the middle got a bit wonky for me, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely at the end, um, Eric Dietl wrote this one, and I think he did a great job. Mm. Um, I particularly love everything with Mallet and the Brain. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's sort of paralleling the story from the comics where they you know, they were madly in love with each other, whereas this, it seems more like Mallet is in love with uh, just having a settled-down lifestyle with the Brain. Yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the Brain basically just wants to dance and drink and you know, cavort and things like that so the, yeah. the scenes with with Mala and the uh the blender in the kitchen <laughs> where they're trying to get his attention and talk to him and he's revving the blender like full ball and he turns and looks at them and just is like what i can't hear you what are you saying yeah. and he but he doesn't make any effort to turn the blender off it's just <laughs> it's so passive aggressive yeah yeah, but, and I love the dialogue. The brain's dialogue is just, you know, so nasty. Mm, I, I love how, yeah, they're like an old married couple, and one of them is happy yeah. being settled down, and the other one just wants to kick up their heels in their new robot body and, and party on, so... Yeah, yeah, and the effects are great. Like, Mala looks perfect. Like, yes, um, yes. Yeah, it doesn't look like a guy in a costume, but it doesn't no. look like a fake gorilla either. No, no, no. no yeah. They did a great job with Mala, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that he's, you know, got his beret on everywhere. (laughs) And no one bats an eyelid at their presence anywhere. No, no, not at (laughs) all. They've just been living here for forever and everyone just, you know, sees them as part of the community. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Even when he's got a robot body at the end, it's just like, yeah, it's just another day. Yeah. 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 Mm. But um, building up to a very nice uh, ending, and you know, definitely have Rita's inner battle because she is, you know, she is motivated by, I guess, revenge and you know, really taking it personally what uh, uh, Madame Rouge did to the team or yeah. Laura Demille as she was back then. You know, mm-hmm. as far as you know, destroying uh, Malcolm by you know turning the team into uh, the Bureau of Normalcy's weapons division. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, all right, what about the last episode, the final episode, as it were? Episode 10, yes, A Men's Patrol, uh, and it opens up pretty much straight after where season, uh, episode 9 uh, ended with the team crawling from the wreckage uh, of the bus that was <laughs> flipped thanks to um, the metahuman power of Jane's scream. Uh, in the end. And so they're crawling from that. Rita's trying to rally the team to no avail when the fog turns up. And within the fog, it, her, itself, whatever, uh, it's revealed that Kay's personas are hiding out there for their own safety, or so they think. And in the fog's sweet shop, Jane meets some of the other personas who are sick, and actually their skin is starting to crumble away, like what she encountered in the underground itself. And she ends up making a secret deal with Dr. Harrison about getting them all to return to Kay to help save all of them, Kay and the Personas. Uh, Elsewhere in the fog, Vic and the other Personas are trying to help Larry understand that he needs to let Love and Keeg, the baby grub alien thing, in, just like his uh, subconscious said earlier in the season, uh, in order to save the baby parasite. 
Uh, and realising Keeg can't penetrate through Larry's bandages, Vic agrees to let Keeg into him as they race back to the manor with the fog's help. Uh, and later on in Larry's room, Keeg finally joins with Larry after he swears to try and do his best by the alien being. Back in the underground, the Personas have all returned and are getting to work clearing a collapsed tunnel when Hammerhead figures out that Jane and Dr. Harrison have made some sort of secret deal to bring everyone back. Jane kind of gives hints that, you know, what does Harrison want more than any- anything? Control. And Hammerhead's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And she urges Jane to go back up top. Mala has abandoned Rouge and Cliff's brain at a wooded spot where the Brotherhood generally dump their garbage. Uh, <laughs> and it, as he leaves, where he declares that he's abandoning evil altogether, Cliff's brain in a jar rolls downhill, revealing a giant robot body. Uh, Rog, or Rouge, however you want to say uh, meanwhile, now in Boca Raton, the brain in Robot Man's body is enjoying a day out, feeling very dapper and good about himself, when said giant robot, now piloted by Rouge and Cliff, comes after him. Uh, the giant robot crushes brain in Robot Man's body, and Rouge sets a course for Doom Manor and to get to, quote, Rita fucking far. As the giant robot starts walking from Florida to Ohio, uh, it starts making the news on social media, and during this journey, Cliff convinces Rouge that through hard work, a person can change themselves for the better, such as when she changes her mind about killing him after he asserts control of the giant robot. Rouge then takes off and heads to the old hideout of the sisterhood, reminiscing about their old lives and dancing to a record before she notices a door that mustn't have been there before because she says, ooh, you're new. And she uncovers the time machine that Rita had hidden there on the other side of the door. Uh, meanwhile, Cliff in the giant robot body stops by Clara's house. He finally admits what a shitty dad he's been all along and he vows to do better. Uh, she accepts his apology as she just wants him to be healthy. Uh, Rita has then made it to the retirement village in Boca Raton, and she meets up with Brain, who is now in a half-demolished robot man body. Take a drink. Uh, as the <laughs> Brain is sitting there, uh, propped up in a chair, going through you know items that Mala had left him and reading uh, Mala's farewell note, Rita appears to be offering to ally with the villain in order to get to Rouge once and for all. And it looks like Rita's making a cup of tea, but in a very dark turn, she ends up undoing the skull cap on Robot Man's body and pours boiling hot water over the exposed brain. Yeah, that was really... I did not see that coming (laughs) until the last (laughs) moment. Uh, Anyway, outside of Doom Manor at night, Rouge has arrived back to the present in the time machine. She has an extremely detailed note about the patrol, and she's met by Vic and Jane out the front of the house, just as giant robot Cliff turns up, but he's no longer got full control of his body, and he's heading towards Cloverton, where there is a kid's baseball game going on. It's at this point that Jane turns into Flit and teleports inside the giant body, tries to help uh, stop giant robot Cliff, but accidentally ends up activating the self-destruct mechanism and as they contemplate their possible last minutes together cliff apologizes to jane for everything for putting up with him and he thanks her for her help we then have negative larry flying out so larry but glowing in blue and and vic says larry we need you to go and stop giant robot cliff and larry flies off for a few meters and then somehow loses power and crashes to the ground (laughs) 
So clearly baby Keeg is not up to full strength yet. And finally Rouge reads a bit more of her notes that she's left herself and she realises that she might be able to help these poor morons out but she is stopped by Rita. Everyone's turning off at the last possible minute. <laughs> Rita uh, has her arms stretched out and she's about to strangle Rouge to death and she says don't look at your note, look at me and as she looks into Rita's eyes all of Rouge's memories come flooding back to her and she says to Rita you have every right to kill me but I'm not worth it. And then we cut away to the kids' baseball game over at Cloverton, and the game is interrupted by a giant robot uh, stomping towards them, about to destroy them all. And then all of a sudden, giant Rita shows up and stops giant Cliff. She gets in front of him and slams into him and digs her feet into the ground and stops him. And then there's a beautiful scene where she says, Cliff, are you all right? And he says, I want to go home. Rita says, we can do that. Which is a callback to the very first episode. And Cliff stopped giant blob Rita from destroying Cloverton. And it was beautiful. Oh my god, I love that scene. Anyway, the final scene has them all back at Doom Manor. They all talk about what's happened and how they saved Cloverton yet again from themselves. But now they're different. They're not perfect, but they're trying to be good. And one by one, they agree with Rita to try and become a proper superhero team. Including Rouge. Uh, who Rita has decided to let live, as it's a better way to keep an eye on her. And then just then, a news report shows uh, that there's a giant monster attacking the Suez Canal, and the team comments that it looks like <laughs> scrotum with demon pubes, to which, to which Rita replies, that sack is fate. And so they all they all get prepped. Uh, they climb into Giant Cliff with mission notes and name labels because Rita is sitting on the time machine. Giant Robot Cliff picks up the time machine, which has been set for three minutes into the future, and Giant Cliff points it to the ground. They all burrow away into the earth, and the credits roll on season three. Paul, what did you think of the finale? Uh, I was... Uh, inside my body, I was standing up and cheering as I watched this. It was... <laughs> It was a tour de force and everything I wanted from the Doom Patrol. We got to see Imbig and Le- uh, Rita, mm-hmm. you know, saving the day with utter confidence. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, we got to see some funny stuff. Like, uh, I love the articulation of uh, Rog, uh, Rog the, mm-hmm. just the hands. His hands were amazing <laughs> yes. when he was talking to Clara and <laughs> the opening. and you know, It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one was written by Chris Dingus. Um, and he's one to watch. He's a clever boy, yes, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. It had so many things that I liked. I mean, it really, if you ended the entire show here, it's a perfect ending point. Yes. Like, you know, you've wrapped everything up. All the important stuff got wrapped up as far as the team having a journey from, you know, being trauma refugees to becoming, you know, people who own their shit and deal with it and, you know, are doing the best with it and supporting yeah. each other, you know. Even the news, like artic- they- even the news articles said that they were, you know, um, misfits, oh, no, eccentrics, <laughs> and Vic's, Vic and Larry are like, well, that's a step up from misfits like they used to call us, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it goes freaks, misfits, eccentrics. Right, okay. And further on up, you get, like, the Justice League or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this was really satisfying, um... You know, and really funny. Like the stuff with uh, the brain was great, mm-hmm. and you know that was a real good you know twist when Rita took him out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, stone cold, yes. stone cold with boiling water. <laughs> um, was that revenge to serve, serve cold or hot? I can't tell. 
Um, it wasn't on a dish. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, but it just had such a good sense of closure, and you know, yeah, the the Rita looking after Cliff at the end, you know, as you said, that mirrored the first. Oh episode my god! Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, Cloverton, where Rita had a blobby rampage and Cliff stopped her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Said, I, and she said, "I want to go home." Yep. And she said, "We can do uh, he. We can do that." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Flipped around. Yeah. Re- restated. You know, beautiful bit of closure. Um. Yeah, I, someone had pointed that out on Twitter before I watched it, but I, I think I would have picked that up anyway. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the beautiful bookend moments there, yeah. Yeah, and you know, just the fact that, you know, after Vic comes back to the mansion without any powers, I say, why are you here? And he said, this, I live here, and this is my home. Oh, mm. like, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I must admit, it is nice to see... Jane less angry and sweary. You know, mm-hmm. it's been a real journey. And, yep. you know, now it's almost to the point you can't tell when it's Kay and when it's Jane. Yeah. 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 And when she gives, uh, you know, Cliff a little hug when he's in uh, one of uh, the brain's cast-off pedestals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that ties in. I mean, remember in the first season where we saw a, bl- a brain pedestal in the corner? It, you know, ties into the fact yeah. that he's been updating his body as he goes. Yeah. 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 Lovely. Yeah, uh, I have now watched that episode three times, and uh, I, I love it more and more each time. It's um, y- you were you and I were discussing this um, before we recorded this episode, and, and yeah, I I said that I got the feeling that this was written in a way that, I- in case they didn't come back and they didn't get a fourth season, y- you're right. This would be a perfect send off, because yeah, their their journeys they're in a much better, much more confident space for the most part there's stuff and there's still plot hooks for next year we don't know what harrison mm. and jane agreed upon um we we need to see keeg grow up and become stronger and more powerful so that when negative larry is flying around he doesn't crash <laughs> you know and there's still things that are mm. to be resolved from earlier in this season like the secret little um spot in the bookcase that Niles left the reach of the key for. We have never gone back to that. You know, I think there's something else I'm missing. But yeah, it it was... And, and yes, giant Rita. God damn, that was such a fantastic fucking scene that she's giant Rita. I mean, this is something... Like, remember the first time... Um, I think it was back in, in season one with the, the Nernheim story and she shot her arm out to stop Willoughby from attacking the boy. Mm. That was like the first moment for me where I went, oh my God, yes, Embiggen Rita. And this was just mm. the icing on the Embiggen cake <laughs> um, because it was it yeah. was such a great payoff. And so I was literally, I like jumped up, jumped forward in my seat as I was watching this. And then when they said that dialogue, my heart just about burst out of my chest because it was just such a sweet, beautiful moment between the two of them. And yeah, and, and yeah, Jane and, and, and Cliff in a pedestal hugging, it's so great to see, you're right, we've had angry, violent Jane for so long, it's nice to see her softening, but at the same time she's kind of losing part of her herself inside because of all the turmoil with the underground. So it was mm. a it was a great way to wrap it up, and it was on an optimistic note, but there's still stuff to look forward to 
especially now that we know that season four is is a done deal and that it's on its way next year. But man, the wait's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still there's still no wrap up with the Rita Far did porn storyline. Yeah, I'm going to call I, it. I, I, I swear it's it'll abandoned. I think this is it's something they were going to do and then they veered away and they thought, nah, probably not very tasteful or you know not in the spirit of what we want to convey at this point. That would be my yeah. my call I on s- that. I still reckon that Rouge is going to have another evil turn and she'll go back in time again to discredit Rita and do bad stuff. But that, there we go. We'll wait and see what happens. So, uh, I, I, I personally yeah. hope they just drop it. I don't think it needs to be brought back. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but as, I, a, as a Rita, it, as, it a Rita Raver, <laughs> as a Rita Raver, as a Rita Raver, I found this a, a you know, a a fantastic episode, probably my favourite of the entire run. I love seeing Rita so confident mm. and in charge, and you know, making the calls. And uh, you know, it's a it's a really good Rita. It's not a Rita that comes really from the comics. It's a sort of unique TV creation, just fully realised by April Balby. And I just I just love it. You know, uh, I, I'm going to call myself mm. a Rita Raver from now on. But I, you know, if you can be a cliffhanger if you want, whatever. <laughs> ah. <laughs> And I like how you called it uh, a tour de force, but should we not call it a tour de doom force? Hey! Oh, dear. <laughs> Poor Cliff, he was so excited that he'd figured out a team name. Doom force, and we're going to have costumes with pockets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, great season, season. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really great. I can't wait to see what they come back with next year. Lots more to come. Do you have any hopes for season four that you want to share? Uh, well, I think I mean I want to see more of Rita in charge, but I I think it, it's ripe for uh, a few fresh faces on the team. So you know, perhaps some of uh, a little bit of hot hands would be good. You know, something like that. Um, you know, some younger <laughs> team members. With, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I think um, uh, you, you're right. This, for me, this season has been about Rita stepping up. Yeah, um, and, and and like even Vic was amazed that you know <laughs> she finally stepped up and, and became ready to become a, and was ready to become a superhero just as he had lost his abilities and that. And it was, I was kind of like, well, better late than never. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he shri- if she tries to recruit more people into the team. So, or just more um, people. I, to help. for one, would love to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for one, would love to see Coagula. I think Coagula would be brilliant uh, a, a, as an addition uh, to the TV show. But we'll wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah, that I mean, would mean that I... we might get Codpiece as well. <laughs> I'm sure we will get Codpiece at some point. I'm sure we will. Mm. Um, but. I'm beginning to feel like a lot of the uh, Volume 3 uh, vil- uh, characters are probably a little bit too pedestrian for the show now. I mean, uh, like, I could see a place for mm-hmm. maybe Hot Hands and, uh, you know, uh, definitely Coagula, but, you know, I don't know if it would fit very well with Vic Darch or any of them now. So, Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I would like to see Karma, uh, good old Wayne Hawkins. He'd be good for <laughs> I think. But, you know... <laughs> They could modernise him a little bit, maybe. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, very satisfying, very enjoyable, and everyone, well done. Jeremy Carver and Shoshana Saatchi, uh, you know, mm. brilliantly led this season, and uh, I, I found, you know, it corrected a lot of the problems with season two as far as it had a, a really strong through line that, um, you know, paid off in spades at the end. Yeah. 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 I mean, I see why they went with Madame Rouge and why she was an important character, because it was about, you know, growth. And uh, I want to give a real shout-out to the... Um, the built-in inner monologue in the time machine. I, I didn't pick up on that in the earlier episodes, but this, you know, oh, the, the time machine itself is doing an inner monologue for everyone who writes mm. in it. Uh, and I love Rouge's line, why am I talking to yet another fucking robot? <laughs> uh, that, and the, the line where Cliff goes, oh, I'm stuck in a robot body. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just love the growth of the characters over the three seasons, but especially in this one. I think they've kind of realised that, yeah, you know, together they're, they're there for each other and they can help each other out and they can do the right thing. Um, and they're not alone. And, yeah, they've got these abilities that, uh, like Rita pointed out in the last scene, you know, they were of service. Um, even though they were saving Cloverton for themselves yet again, <laughs> yeah, and that they can they can do this superhero thing, <laughs> and so I think they've got the confidence there, which is great to see. Yeah, and I, I love the the conceit of they all forget where they're going whenever they use the time machine, so they all need to have like the team mission <laughs> statement written up, and they all need to have yes. labels on their heads, and <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope they get a. A mode of transportation next year, which doesn't damage their minds quite so much. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and really good job, the physicality of Riley Shanahan playing um, the brain. But um, I couldn't mm. find who does the voice of the brain anywhere. I, I've been digging and, you know... Nor could I. Yeah. yeah. What, There's what nothing the I've found online. Yeah. I wonder if it if it is maybe Jeremy Carver or, you know, it's, it's maybe some other celebrity that, you know, wants to... Keep it a mystery for the, for the fun of it. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, know. couldn't find anything. Dis- despite you know, both of us trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. weird, weird. I mean, Jeremy mm. Carver doesn't need that much talent. That's un- unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bastard. <laughs> talent hog. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <sighs> Doom explained season three. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. And now it's the part of the show where we look at what sort of feedback we've been getting in the mailbag of Doom, which basically covers what comes into the website and what comes in via email, nothing, and what comes in uh, via Twitter. And we asked the question of the week, which was, what is a comics-related dream that you have had? And we heard from Chris from BTO and Bat Books, and he said... When I was very young, I dreamt about seeing Batman fight the Joker or Spider-Man fight the Green Goblin, usually in a warehouse setting, and I was just an invisible observer. Mm. Ooh, mm. comics come to life. He said, and when I was a little older, I dreamt of covers of comic books that didn't exist, like Batman Family, Teen Titans, Shazam, after they were cancelled in the 70s. 
but as if they had continued in their initial runs. Mm. A little bit of wishful dreaming there. Yes. Mm, nice. Thanks, Chris. Uh, we then heard from Tim Price, the pod crusher, and Tim wrote, Interesting. While in high school, I dreamed that all of the new mutants were at my school in civvies. They looked like regular people, not comic book characters. Uh, Rain was most vivid and nicest to me. I'm never sure if it's mm. Rani or Rain with her. Yeah, it could be either. Mm. Could be, uh, there's a Doctor Who thing called the Rani, but it's spelled differently, I believe. Yeah. Um, Tim, of course, does the Outsiders podcast with Ashford, and he's, he's on the uh, Batgirl ones and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, um, really doing a good job over there on Batman and the Outsiders, mm. the Outcasters podcast, if you would like to check that out. Uh, but he is, of course, uh, Tim Price 17 on Twitter, which we find uh, charming but deceitful. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> anyway. Yes, we heard from Chris Lydon, and he said, I've had a few dreams about digging through back issue bins. Oh. oh yeah. That's, that's yep. the dream. That's, that's yeah, the that life. Is, yeah. We don't have many in Australia, do we? No. No. Not really. Uh, there's a couple of stores here in Brisbane, but nothing like you would find in the States. They're not cheaper. No. not but No, they are not. They're not quarter bins. No. We don't even have quarters over here, so that's half the no. problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then heard from 21st Century Boys uh, at 21st Sen Boys, and they said, I dream about shopping for comics all the time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Good thing to dream about. Yeah. Uh, we also heard from the Long Box of Darkness, which is Herman Lowe, and he said, I used to dream about this goth, hot goth chick who worked at a comic store I frequented in the 90s. Does that count? Well, it's adjacent to comics, but uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then heard from Jared Driscoll. Hey, Jared. And Jared wrote, I had a dream that Fawcett Comics did not go out of business in the 1950s and the Legion of Superheroes appeared in an issue of Captain Marvel Jr. Okay. That is specific. That's very specific. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And we also heard from David Ace Gutierrez who said, I dreamt I was Batman. So yeah. uh, I guess he isn't Batman because he dreamt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, what, do you, have you had to have a, uh, a comic dream? Not that I can't recall one. I, I possibly have, but I, I honestly can't recall having one. Uh, not, none, none worth remembering, because I can't remember them, I guess. So, <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've had dreams all the time. Uh, there's, I have this dream where I'm trying to get to the comic shop. They have, like, a, a rare comic or a new issue of a comic that's been cancelled, like, you know, a new issue of Firearm or the Firearm Annual or something that never got published. And I'm trying to get there, and everything's getting in my way, and uh -huh. I'm losing my money, and then I'm going to get the comic, and then I'm meant to pick some my wife up instead, and, you know, it's all... Yeah. Right. It's a mess. Right. It's, it's, it's stressful. I've had that dream several times. Okay. And... Uh, Particularly when I went to I went to Heroes Con, which is a, it's a convention in America for comic. Is that the one in Charlotte, North Carolina? It is. Yes. Oh, mate, I've yes. been there as well. We must have just ah, missed each well, other. I, I also have been there, but I, I before that I was having very very agitated dreams about what I would do and who I would see and things like that. Oh, and uh, yeah, I I got super excited the night before I met uh, James Robinson and dreamed about talking to him the next day. Uh, which is weird because then I did talk to him and it was right. Know, yeah, okay. It was more real. <laughs> <laughs> Your dream came to life. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Um, I'm not immune from the old comic excitement dream. Yeah, so. 
Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't recall one at all. So, yeah. Mm. Not great. But I'm glad you can recall some. Although that yeah. first one sounds very stressful and more like a nightmare. Yeah. Do you have the dream where you're back at school and you just, oh shit, I'm back at school? No, no. I, oh. I, I would be very annoyed with myself if I did because school was awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hated school. Yeah. Life, life began when school ended. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we also got, speaking of Tim Price, as we were a few minutes ago, charming but deceitful gent that he is, he left a comment on our site, waitingfordoom.com, uh, on the page for our last episode, episode 169, Bird Subconscious, and Tim wrote, Hi, waiters, I'd like a blue cheeseburger with extra onion rings and a side of coleslaw and a Dr. Pepper. While you're getting that, I guess I can comment on your podcast. Boom, tish. That's me. They didn't write that. Uh, yeah. Tim continues, not much I can add about season three overall. Uh, all these episodes in particular. You've covered my own thoughts and feeling amply plus more. I'll just agree it's been a wild ride, loving it, and just hanging on for dear life as this season races to its conclusion. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Mm. Uh, sorry, he's got more. Uh, but I did oh. have I did have a wacky realisation. Maybe it's obvious or already been discussed, and I cluelessly missed it, but it's new to me, so that's all that matters here. We're seeing that all metahumans are essentially immortal or don't age. We know the Chief was researching the science of why that is, like the Patrol's specific abilities are part of it. But now we've seen the Sisterhood's members also haven't aged. So maybe rather than science, there's a metaphysical explanation. Like, since these characters have existed for decades in the comics without noticeably aging, that's why the show's metahumans don't either. If that's the deal, what a Morrison approach, straight out of his Animal Man series. Again, this is probably obvious or stated in the show, but I just don't remember. Still, I like it. Lastly, can I say it's been a pleasure to have you guys back on a regular basis talking about the Mighty Doom Patrol? Well, it is. So glad to have the show, even for a short stretch like this. Thank you, mates. Till next time, I'll try not to be a crumb bum, but you know me. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Mm. Much Interesting observation about the uh, longevity of all the superhumans in uh, mm. this show. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it tied back to the thing that, you know, Niles wanted the Doom Patrol. You know, he was mucking around with the Doom Patrol to basically create immortality for himself so he could look after uh, his daughter, mm. Dorothy, for the rest of his life. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I feel like that plot sort of got abandoned pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's not around anymore, so, you know, he... he uh, uh, yes, let's just say yes. It's It's been abandoned, so... But, you know, we'll wait and see what... Do you think they might somehow bring Niles back in Season 4? Or... I don't know. How much money would you have to check up the old T-Dalt to get him to do it? Do you think it was a money issue, or I thought it was more like a COVID-related issue with, you know, not being able to travel or anything? I don't know. Oh, could be. But, I mean, he could do voiceovers and things, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, that door was pretty resoundingly shut this season. Mm. And to be honest, uh, I feel like it's reader's time, you know? Yes. Uh, don't yes. don't cramp reader's style. I mean, we don't need, you know, two bosses in the kitchen. Mm. Yeah. Two chefs in the in the fridge. Yeah, but don't forget in the comics he came back and they kind of told him off and he was watching from afar for a little while anyway. So, but you, you yeah. you're right. It, it, Rita has risen to the occasion. Um, she's clearly the team leader now, and I hope that does not change. Yeah. 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 Interesting. 
Doom Force. Sorry. Doom Force. <laughs> I love just the visual when he grabbed the time machine and just stuck it in, you know, points down into the ground and then it dug the hole and the robot body just disappeared with the legs kicking. Yes. Yeah. It's just beautiful. <laughs> love it. And all the police cars arriving on the, the school oval. Ah, <laughs> oh, such good stuff. Such good stuff. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty much us done. What have we got coming up next on the feed? Well, we, we may do, uh, as is our tradition in the past, we have usually done a, a New Year's Eve podcast or a New Year podcast, just something. So we'll come back and cover something for that. Mm. So it'll be just a lovely little bonus. There may be some other surprises on our feed if you're a fan of our other things. Um, Dial F or the Gary Show or something. There may be something. Maybe. Just keep an eye out. Yeah. Or an ear. Keep, keep an ear. An ear? Yeah. Keep an ear. To keep yeah. two ears. That's another plot thing that we I want answered. What happened to the killer butt that escaped from the zombie episode? It was heading <laughs> towards Cloverton. We never saw it again. That was the thing I was trying to remember. And at first, when the giant monster appeared in the Suez Canal, I thought, oh no, it's the butt monster just somehow embiggened itself as well. But no, it's a sack with demon pubes. Anyway. <laughs> a scrotum monster could be related to a butt monster. <laughs> Sorry, I digress greatly. Uh, but yes, that was the other plot point. <laughs> so we still know there's at least one where butt out there. So yeah. watch your butts, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so when we do return for our end of year episode, Paul, do we have a question of the week or shall we post that later online? Uh, we do have one. Is which comic team headquarters would you most like to visit? Um, I'm pretty sure I've done this one before, but hey, it's a it's a new year, it's yeah. a new life. You know, pretend you went in a time machine and lost the memory of doing it. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you want to answer our question, which is what comic team headquarters would you like most to visit? Would you most like to visit? Like most of it, yeah, it works either way. I think uh, you can uh, basically. It says here, provide contact details and do a witty farewell. Um, no, no, Mike, you can do that. No pressure. Shit. Um, <laughs> Doom Force can be reached at WFD Pod on Twitter. So hi to Wilfred whilst you're there. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail dot com. You can reach out to the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. We might get back to you on there. Uh, and we always have waitingfordoom.com where all our episodes for all our shows are available for your listening pleasure. So until next time, stay weird, be good to each other, don't be a crumb bum, and we will catch you later on for more Waiting for Doom. I just wrote those down so I won't miss them. Right, okay. Stay weird, be good to each other. Mm-hmm. Don't crumb your bum. Yeah, don't... No! <laughs> <laughs> You could crumb a wear butt if you were a hungry zombie. <laughs> but generally, you don't want to be a crumb bum. Okay. Okay. You got, you got that one got down? Yeah. I do, yes. Okay, cool. Well done. Right. Okay. Well done to you. <laughs> well done to you, Mike. Don't... Well done, my doom troll. Well done. <laughs>
Oh, I'd like to order a Paul, please, and a side of Paul, and another Paul. Uh, extra large, other Paul, please. Uh, we're all out of Paul. Would you like to mic with that? Oh, shit, not him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Are you sure you got no Pauls out the back? <laughs> uh. I literally just finished watching episode 10 again, like 10 minutes ago. Oh, so. Mash. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on the Mash cast. Finally. Sick. You know, my, I'm finally getting to guest on other shows now. And I thought I'd go with Mash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good times. That that clinger in his dresses. Oh, gosh. What a brave soul. I'm rambling now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, whenever you feel like kicking us off... Go forth and conquer. Okay. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the deep... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, Miss Snoopy ate my homework. No, he really did. He then shut it out. I, I could bring it in if you really want. Do some animal crossing. And some beatboxing. <laughs> Off to a fine start. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Professional like a fox. <laughs> All right, let's do this for real. <laughs> <laughs>